into cybersecurity, there's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. everybody welcome to the show today is monday september october 2nd 2023 welcome to episode number 463 of simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing podcast i am your host dr gerald dozier and over the next 40 minutes 45 minutes me you dream logic philip martin marcus kyler not only it nick barker on the west coast coming in from the elliptical miss julian harish kumar and Birthday boy, Eric Taylor. <clears throat> That's right. Birthday boy, Eric Taylor. So don't be shy wishing Eric Taylor of Barricade Cyber Solutions a happy birthday. Today, we'll be bringing you the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I will be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner and how you can operationalize it this week at work or strategically, maybe in a macro level this quarter, next 2024 calendar year, or if you're looking to break into the industry, we've got you covered. Believe that you will be asked in any job interview, how is your, uh, oh, what's up? Coffee cup cheers from Nashville. Good to see you, James McQuiggan. All right. Um, if you are looking to break into the industry, you will be asked in any job interview for cybersecurity uh, work, how do you stay current in the industry? Believe me when I tell you that this podcast this group of people over here, socializing, networking, being supportive is a absolute uh, banger of an answer and uh, just will serve you really well. Believe that, okay? What's up? Happy October, Simply Cyber fam. Good to see you, Space Tacos. That's awesome. Good to see everybody just kind of cruising back into the flow. I was out Friday, as many of you know. Special thanks to Eric Taylor uh, for covering the show while I was gone. I know there was some... Some challenges there uh, at the very beginning of the show, but uh, you know the show must go on. It's very, very uh, important. To, you know, eighty percent is better than zero percent, in my opinion. So uh, definitely, much love and uh, appreciation to Barricade Cyber Solutions, guys. We are going to be shredding the news. Whether you are coming in from LinkedIn or YouTube, if you're a squad member, a long timer, or a first timer, you are going to get just a great experience today. So settle in. We've got a good one for you. Hey. Isu Sufuke, great to be part of the Simply Cyber community. It's great to have you as part of the community, uh, Isu. So, so very nice. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Before we get into it, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors. Another shout out to 
Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber Solutions. Listen, y'all, Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping... <laughs> Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil, but Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done. Believe that. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. All about good times. Now, if you are uh, familiar with Panopsi Cyber, let me tell you about them. Get a partner. Hey, Nick Barker, good to see you. Get a partner who understands your cybersecurity program and your business goals. Listen, <laughs> businesses left a boom, putting a program together, trying to find those high-risk, uh, reducing, you know, kind of affordable uh, controls. Sometimes controls are absolutely free, right? I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, a server rack directly beneath a uh, fire extinguisher spigot, not a good idea because when the fire goes off and you just start pissing, sorry, Kennedy, you start spraying water all over the server rack. You know what that doesn't do for business operations? Make sure that they're continuous, okay? Simple stuff like that. You can have high value uh, with you know low, low cost, quick wins, if you will. Call Panopsi Security. They can come in. They can help you based on your your uh, threat landscape, your industry, your budget, and they can basically set you up for success. I love what they do. Brandon Poole and his whole team. It's absolutely uh, good times up in there. Also anti-siphon training, but more about them at the mid-roll. Guys, I want to remind you, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, <laughs> it is Eric Taylor's Quinciera, uh today. Congratulations. You're a full-grown uh, woman today, Eric. Happy Sweet 16, Eric. I do appreciate everybody throwing Eric Taylor birthday wishes today. You guys are the best. Guys, if you are live in chat right now, wishing Mr. Taylor a happy birthday, um, hashtag team live in chat. Every episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So if you need CPEs, if you have professional cybersecurity certifications, you know what a CPE is. If you do not, have a professional cybersecurity certification, then don't sweat it. You don't need these right now. Say what's up in chat, hashtag team live. Let us know you're here live. We got a 200 uh, beautiful people in chat right now. Uh, if you're watching on replay, hashtag team replay in the comments, team replay are people too. I love myself some team replay. And finally, before we get into the news, if it is your first episode today, however you found us, a friend told you, you stumbled upon it, you got like you finally got beat down by the amount of incessant social media posts that I throw up there uh, across YouTube and LinkedIn. And you finally said, I give up. No mas, Jerry. No mas. I will watch the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Welcome, friend. Hashtag first timer if it is your first timer. First time here. Everybody had a first time here. Sherry had her first time. Wargoons had his first time. Heck, even Nick Barker. Blue squad member logo, Nick Barker, had his first time. So let us know in chat if it's your first day today. We're happy to have you. Cheers, everybody. All right, I'm going to pour myself a coffee. Coffee cup, cheers. I was out. Oh, my God, BSEC. Too soon. Too soon, bro. Come on. Come on. So I get up early because of Callan now. Or uh, Grayson. So the co my coffee, my uh, French press is actually like almost empty. So coffee cup cheers, everybody. Be well. I like literally before we get into the news, I just want you to know I literally chose the smallest coffee cup in my cabinet so I could like 
manage the amount of coffee I'm intaking. Daryl Thomas Jr. coming over on LinkedIn for his first time. Paul Terrell coming in for the first time. Heck yeah. You guys are in for a treat today. All right, I think the sound effects are a little low, but we do have a special sounder for uh, for our first timers. Hold on, hold on. We ran a contest last Thursday. Where's my first timers? Daryl Thomas Jr., Joshua Douglas. Who else? Who else we got? We got a couple other first timers in there. We got a, sound, a sounder for you. Welcome to the party, pal. That is John McClain, played by Bruce Willis, in the 19, I think, 88 classic, arguably Christmas movie, Die Hard. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. All right. We'll have to see if that sound effect is loud enough, but definitely appreciate y'all being here. Now, do me a favor, first timers like Joshua Douglas and uh, uh, the folks over on LinkedIn. Sorry, I can't remember the names. Sit back. Oh, no. Do you hear the music at least? Hold on. Hold on. We may have a sound effect. We may have a sound issue. Do you hear? Sounds are low. All right. So there are sounds though. Okay. Okay. Hold on, first timers. Hold on, first timers. You're in for a treat because you get to actually watch me screw around with the uh, <laughs> with the sounders. Um, Base case, longtime member of the Simply Cyber community. There was no music. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Okay. Hold on. If there was no music, you guys had to have told me that. Like, come on, bruh. All right, hold on. You can hear me, which means my audio, no music. All right, hold on, hold on. We got to work through this. We got to work through this. You guys know I'm always crushing music. Come on. No sound effects, no music. All right. Let me do this. Hold on. Du, 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 du. All right, broadcast, stream, mix, default game. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, Jesse Johnson's in the shower. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. So we've got the output for the game. The broadcast stream is the input. You know what I'm gonna do? Hold on one second. Um, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? You guys couldn't hear the music. Spotify, going through the music. Give me a second, please. Talk amongst yourselves. Go XLR. This is what happens. Hold on, Lyle. The scrolling text should not be wrong. I definitely... Hold on, hold on. We are having catastrophic issues here. Catastrophic issues. Stand by. First timers, this is... Uh, first timers, this is not unusual. Uh... Hold on, that really is um, a wrong. So Lyle, thank you. There we go. I knew I programmed it correctly. All right, so that all right, so that is fixed. Now let's go ahead and fix the next thing in this problem. So the music. All right, hold on. Let me see. Go XLR. Please give me a moment. Thanks, Johnny Five. Um. I'll give you a topic, Rhode Island, not a road or an island. Discuss. Thank you, Jesse Johnson, for the assist. All right, stand by, guys. I'm going to get this sorted out in a hot second. All right, we got that. We got our routing table. Do, do, do. Routing. Doink. All right, so the music. 
headphones, broadcast stream mix. Everything's coming out the broadcast stream mix. Music, line out, chat. Okay. I have to like move base case to the uh to the uh west coast just so I can you know what I'm gonna do? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna reboot the uh XLR app. Just just you know, turn it off, turn it on again. All right, hold on one second. Here we go. Um, output device music. Let's do this. Ready? This is me just like straight YOLO. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Tell me if you hear the music now. Oh, that's not doing anything. Hold on one second. Oh my God. Why do I have two Spotify's right now? Like that, that makes no sense whatsoever. All right, hold on. We got music? All right, hold on. All right. So it's low. All right, well, that's fine. So that, that should be loud music now, right? All right, all right. So we got the music. Okay, hold on. I'm working on this. This is how you. This is this is how you do it, man. This is how you podcast. Here we go. It's this is Goldfinger. All right. There's Goldfinger. Now let's do this. All right. So you guys are running a little bit behind on me. Is the sound effects too loud now? Sounds like it's in a tin cup. Okay, hold on. All right, hold on. We're getting this sorted out. I mean, is the audio is the audio work and it just needs to be tuned up, or or does it sound like I remember the other day when I sound like I was a robot? All right, hold on. Okay, so you guys can hear the sounds now. You can hear the music now. All right, we are we are back up and running. Okay. So check it out. For those of you who are newcomers, we had a vote last week. This is the new sound effect for first timers, like Joshua. Yeah, security Steve. I I love it. I love it. We're you're gonna get the news, my friend, security Steve. But you know how it goes. All right, here we go. All right, guys, do me a favor. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news. Wash over all of us in an awesome way. But I will see you guys at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Monday, October 2nd, 2023. Cloudflare DDoS protections bypassed using Cloudflare. A researcher at Certitude has discovered that Cloudflare's firewall and DDoS prevention can be bypassed through a, quote, specific attack process that leverages logic flaws in cross-tenant security controls, end quote. And this can be done simply by using a free Cloudflare account. 
through a Hold proof on. of what concept. What the hell is the going on here? Is this this isn't the same news as today? Wait a minute. Oh, the first story didn't come in. I see. Hold on one second. I see what's up. I see you. Okay. Stefan Proch identifies the source of the vulnerability to, quote, Cloudflare's strategy to use shared infrastructure that accepts connections from all tenants, end quote. And he points specifically to Cloudflare's authenticated origin polls and allow list Cloudflare IP addresses. Proch and his research colleague Florian Schweitzer reported the logic flaws to Cloudflare on March 16th, but the issue was closed as, quote, informative, end quote. All right. So first of all, uh, I did not see it. TJ Zimmer with the 20 squad subs. Thank you, TJ. We just become best friends. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> so if you were one of the recipients of those 20 squad memberships, please enjoy it. Um, okay. So check it out. This is actually pretty clever. And again, hat tip to threat actors. So Cloudflare is a service. They do a bunch of different things. But one of the things that Cloudflare offers is denial of service protection. And basically, if you've ever like gone to a website and like you get kind of a, like almost like a inner, like a proxy shell kind of thing where, or not proxy shell, but like a, like a pop-up browser where it's like Cloudflare is checking to make sure that you're not, you know, basically a criminal. It's like this intermediate step that Cloudflare does for sites in order to uh, kind of mitigate the, those denial of service attacks. Because remember, you can do denial of service a bunch of different ways, right? We've seen recently with the Flipper Zero spamming Bluetooth requests for AirTags where you deny service of someone to use their iPhone or whatever. But when we normally talk about denial of service in mainstream information security, what we're talking about is the overwhelming delivery of network traffic to an endpoint with the intent of overwhelming it and, and basically denying service of valid, appropriate requests going to those servers, right? So like you want to go to amazon.com and buy your spouse a really nice belt and, you know, KillNet is just swamping amazon.com. And when you try to request amazon.com, the web server is overwhelmed. And basically the, uh, the queue or the buffer that holds requests is overwhelmed, right? That's a basic sin denial of service attack. But my point is, that's what this is. Now, the clever thing is somebody at Cloudflare had it in their mind, which by the way, I, I love this because this is one of those fringe cases that this is what you should be testing for. Like when you're doing testing, Guys, here's okay. I'll tell you this in a second. Somebody at Cloudflare had it in their mind that, like, oh, like, hey, if it's coming from Cloudflare, it's got to be legit because we either vet our traffic or we vet our customers or nobody would weaponize us, whatever. Hey, thanks so much, Taylor McDonald, for the squad. Six months. Um, and basically, Cloudflare had a allow Cloudlet, like, basically, an any, any allow for any Cloudflare IP addresses. Now, Anybody, including criminals, could sign up for a free Cloudflare account and then do this attack. Now, obviously, Cloudflare can see these attacks and disable those accounts, but that doesn't stop someone from doing it um, and basically circumventing. So here, here's the deal. Say you're a business, right? Like, let's say Alex Goodwin starts up a company, right? 
And he's like, oh my God, let's do all the cybersecurity things. How much Cloudflare for denial of service protection? 10 grand a year? Done. Here's 10 grand. And that control has zero efficacy if a threat actor used this particular technique because Cloudflare is just going to like roll over and show its belly uh, and allow anything to pass through that's coming from Cloudflare. So obviously the fact that it's in the news right now would suggest that Cloudflare is actually going to address this. But it brings up a bigger uh, point that I want to emphasize here. When you are developing software, when you are developing solutions and stuff like this, two things. One, okay, like, yeah, you should test that the obvious workflows work, right? Like, oh, you create some web app. Oh, let's do login. Let's do log out. Let's log in with a bad password. Let's log in as a privileged user. Let's log in as a non-privileged user, right? Like all the standard, normal, functional things. That's what IT and web app devs and DevOps and all that should be doing. We, as cybersecurity people, and this is where pen testers really shine as a value add to a business, what you really should be doing is testing those fringe cases, the other 20%. The 80% is supposed to work. If you find an issue in the 80%, chances are some developer missed a requirement or misunderstood a requirement or something like that. It's almost functional, right? Yeah, there can be some security gaps like, oh, like you can log out and uh, like I've seen this one, like you log out from the web app, but it actually doesn't delete the tokens. So then you like refresh the page and all of a sudden you're logged back in, right? We've seen that before. But my point is you should be testing the fringe cases. And in this example, when someone made the decision to allow any traffic from Cloudflare to bypass Cloudflare's defenses for denial of service attacks, somebody somewhere should have said, huh, how could someone weaponize this? How could a threat actor abuse this? Boom. And that's how you find it out. And by the way, this is why, in my opinion, not everybody's cut out for offensive security or red team. I personally will be the first to admit it's not really my forte. That's why I like doing red team village and stuff because it it, it complements my, my weaknesses. But you know, the really, really good offensive security professionals in our industry, they think of these fringe cases on their own, which is fantastic. In healthcare becomes the latest Alf v. Black Cat victim. Based in Michigan, the not-for-profit healthcare system is one of the largest in the state. It was added to the Tor site of Alf v. Black Cat along with Clarion Audio, as we reported last week, and the German hotel chain Motel One. Gang claims to have stolen EHD data on 2.5 million patients from McLaren Healthcare and, to add insult to injury, openly taunted its administration for its response to the hack. All right, so a couple things here. Um, Hold on, I'm just getting some intel right here really quickly. Uh, Do do be sick. All right, guys. So Black Cat Gang, a.k.a. Alfie, they're tightly coupled if they're not, you know, the same company or same ransomware threat actor gang. They stole two and a half million uh, patients' data of healthcare data. Um, basically, the gloves are off. Um, the gloves are off. It used to be that healthcare, like five years ago, four years ago, it used to be that healthcare was like off limits. Okay, like threat actors kind of roundly agreed, we won't do healthcare. And then affiliate ransomware actors started getting involved and they were just punching anything and everything that they could. And now it's basically like, well, Jesus, okay, I guess if, if, if 
if you know Johnny down the street is going to go ahead and knock hospitals over, we might as well do it too. I will say, okay, the final, like the one thing, I, I don't want to spend a terrible amount of time on ransomware because we cover it all the time. But one thing I will point out that is an interesting development and gives me pause for thought is that the Black Cat Gang is openly taunting the victim. In my experience, Black Cat Alfie is a sophisticated tier one threat actor group. They're, they're formerly Dark Side, which is the colonial pipeline attack in um, the United States. Uh, geez, 2021. They uh, Tier one ransomware threat actors do not taunt their victims. They do not openly brag about what they're doing. They are business people and they execute the business of crime. And by taunting and doing these other things, it's not good for business, right? I mean, you're, you're basically painting a bigger target on your back. Now, I didn't look at what taunting was. It might be more um, ransomware threat actors will typically um, try to leverage their victims by leaking data, by sharing it with, um, you know, like it, not so much McLaren Healthcare in this instance, but like actually find um, victims data in the data set and then email those people and say, hey, McLaren, McLaren Healthcare doesn't care about your data. Look, we have it and we're trying to sell it to them and they won't like, you know what I mean? To kind of like put pressure on the victim from multiple directions. I've seen that happen, uh, but openly taunting, that's something that you really, in my opinion, I've only really seen with younger threat actors, meaning in age, not in like how long they've been in the game, uh, like around. But we saw that with um, Lapsus. And we're starting to see it with, um, there's a brand new threat actor group that's just new on the scene. I can't think of who they are. It's, it's, it's avoiding it. I'm a little foggy headed right now, but there's a new threat actor that's kind of like braggadocious and, and really pushing people around. So I don't know if this is starting to turn into affiliate ransomware threat actor, if there's some younger people in the black cat gang, but guys, uh, ransomware, again, best practices, you shouldn't be defending from Black Cat or from Royal or from Vice or Medusa or whatever. You should have just foundational best practice controls, your protection controls, like privileged access management, network segmentation, which are harder controls to implement. So don't get me wrong. Those aren't terribly easy, but EDR, SecOps, backups, testing backups, uh, and then your detection and response. Don't worry about detection controls. Threat actors will do that for you in ransomware. But your response controls, like, can everybody on the IT team recover from backups? Does everybody on the IT team know what the business values as critical applications and critical assets? Do you guys know what you need in production in order to make money for the business? Right? Yeah, Scattered Spider. Thank you very much, IonQ. Yes, Scattered Spider is the new one I'm thinking about. Now, really quickly, just to back up for a second, I was talking about this Cloudflare denial of service story, and it looks like there was a little... I made an assumption um, that when I said any, any, uh, everybody knew what I was talking about, okay? So really quickly, just to backpedal for a second. <laughs> in the in, in IT or whatever, like you have a firewall, right? Let me, let me just really quickly... Um... Okay, like, look, just really quickly. I just want to do a quick, quick little lesson, okay? Quick little lesson. All right? 
This is a local area network. This is a wide area network. It doesn't matter. There's network devices on the left. There's network devices on the right. And in the middle is a firewall. You, everybody's heard of a firewall, right? Now, here's the deal. On a firewall, you typically have, like, think of um, like an Excel spreadsheet with rules, okay? And when a packet goes through the firewall, it, you know, the packet gets evaluated by the rules top down, typically, okay? I'm, I'm simplifying this, but just bear with me. Like, let's say the, the packet is coming from BSEC's machine and it's going to my machine. Now, BSEC is not allowed to talk to the network segment on my, where my machine is located. So maybe the first rule is like, you know, whatever, like, you know, anything from 443 can go out to the internet. Anything port 80 can go out to the internet, right? Like these basic rules. And then there's like a new rule, like line five that says, Anything from BSEC's network segment cannot go to Jerry's network segment. And when that firewall rule is met, it evaluates it like a complete logic Boolean, like yes or no. Does it meet the requirement or does it not meet the, or the, the rule? In this case, it meets the rule. Then there's some action, which is either allow or deny. Again, there's other behaviors. You can, you can do other things, but this isn't a class. So you either allow it or deny it. And in my instance, I said, deny it. So it meets some logical rule and then it takes some action, which is deny. Now, in a firewall, if you say any, any, what that means is any, any source uh, IP address to any destination IP address or any source network segment to any destination segment, any packet to any, you know, not any packet, but like anything to anything, and then there's some rule on the end, which is allow. That means any, any allow. And if, like, just to put this a, a fine point on this and be very brutish, if the first rule in a firewall is any, any allow, that rule is going to always be met and it's always going to allow traffic and no other rules are ever going to be evaluated. And the firewall is basically a pass through. You might as well not have it there. You might as well take the firewall out and just like, you know, tie a bow tie of the two Ethernet cables going into it. Okay. So when I say any, any, I don't even say, no one says any, any allow. It's like almost implicitly, you know, any, any means allow all traffic. Okay. So now in the Cloudflare story, Cloudflare is evaluating traffic for denial of service attacks and like, is it legitimate traffic and all this? And Cloudflare has a basically any, any rule if the traffic is coming from a Cloudflare client IP and it's go or you know range and it's going to a Cloudflare client range, allow it. That's what this means right here, which is basically what the threat actors are abusing. They're saying, "Oh, I sign up for a free Cloudflare account and I can I can just go YOLO with all of the denial of service traffic I want because I'm going to get that any any rule." Okay, hopefully that clarifies things for people. Lazarus Group poses as meta recruiters <laughs> to spearfish Spanish engineers. The Lazarus Group from North Korea has been identified as the source of a sophisticated attack which involved posing as a recruiter from Meta seeking to attract employees from a Spanish aerospace company. The interested candidates were then sent coding quizzes or challenges to solve as part of the application process. These downloadables, of course, contained sophisticated malware called Lightless Can, which ESET describes as representing, quote, a significant advancement in malicious capabilities, end quote, 
especially since each piece of malware was specifically designed for each individual candidate's machine. Microsoft. All right. So uh, thank you, Io, uh, Io Deji. Okay. Thanks, Steve Shannon. Okay. So check it out. Here's the deal. North Korean hackers target aerospace company. Okay. Guys, there's a couple things afoot here. And this is this is bigger macro picture level. So if you're not paying attention day in and day out, this may just seem like a whatever story. Here's the deal. Lazarus Group, which has been notoriously linked to financial crimes. You got to remember, North Korea wants to be a first world power. North Korea doesn't have any imports or exports because they're sanctioned to the moon. Okay. So how do they fund? How do they buy intercontinental ballistic missiles? They need money, so they steal it, right? And there's been numerous, you know, stories. Bangladeshi Bank Heist, Darknet Diaries has an excellent episode on that where they tried to steal a billion dollars. Axie Infinity Ronin Bridge, like basically, if you Google any major cryptocurrency theft over, say, $200 million, Lazarus is behind it, okay? They've been operating for a very long time. The Department of Justice in the United States knows exactly who they are. There are indictments for it. Believe me, Kim Jong-un isn't letting those guys out of North Korea. They are bunkered in some cozy, comfy, um, you know, you know, converted uh, Cold War <laughs> missile silo somewhere. Uh, and they're just hacking. Now, here's my thoughts. One, we've seen uh, North Korea go into Russia for um, like rocket technology. Um, I have to imagine that they're attacking this aerospace company. I, again, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, first-timers like Joshua and others, I do not review or research any, I don't research or review any of these stories before the show starts. I literally come into my office at five minutes before go live, pour a cup of coffee, bring up the apps, and just say, let's roll, baby, let's go. So, uh, you know, so I don't know what aerospace company this is. I bet you if we dug into it a little bit, this aerospace company has some type of rocket technology, if I had to guess, right? North Korea isn't trying to start like North Korea Airlines where they're gonna, you know, you know, daily flights in and out of um, Myrtle Beach. Like that's not what North Korea is doing. North Korea wants to have better rockets. If you've watched for a minute, North Korea basically shoots a rocket off and it, it lands in the Atlantic Ocean, right? They launch the rocket, they go home and turn on CNBC and see where it landed. Like that's where they are right now. So they want better equipment because they want to be taken more seriously in the world stage. If if I had to guess, that's the tech they're stealing. Now, really quickly, Lazarus Group has been notoriously linked to financial crimes. So why are they pivoting their uh, modus operandi? I have a theory. And new squad members, there is an emote uh, this one right here, <laughs> I got a tinfoil hat on. I basically the tinfoil hat is a uh, it, it might as well be like a glorified asterisk as I'm about to say something that's completely, completely uh, shooting for the hip, uh, riding low on a hip on a train bound for glory. Okay, so check this out. Lazarus Group has stolen so much freaking money that it's like in the billions. But it's all crypto, and they have a very difficult time getting it out into like USD or, or currency that you can actually buy something with, right? Like, despite Bitcoin being worth a lot of money, it doesn't have a lot of utility, right? You can't buy a missile with Bitcoin right now. You need you need cash. You need straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. Okay. 
So here's my thoughts. Lazarus Group has already amassed an A load of money. So if you have a billion dollars in crypto, what is $1.2 billion in crypto going to do for you? Nothing, right? Like you, like, so and my thought is Kim Jong-un or whoever is making this decision over North Korea is like, Lazarus Group, you guys are wicked good at breaking into stuff. We don't need any more money. Like our, 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 our Scrooge McDuck piggy bank is freaking busting at the seams with gold doubloons. We don't need any more money. Let's weaponize you in a different way. Now, I will say this. If North Korea is able to cash out and, and, and you know their bank account depletes to a level that is too low, Lazarus Group will most certainly be turned around and um, be directed somewhere else. Now, their techniques here ta targeting this aerospace company is to basically pretend to be hiring people and uh, trick them into uh, downloading and installing uh, malware. I've got an uh, infographic here to demonstrate it, okay? Cloud storage hosts some type of ISO file, which says quiz one. Guys, you know, this is terrible. People are getting laid off. People are getting, you know, recession hit and finding a job. Can you imagine? It's like, hey, I'd like to apply for this job. And they're like, you know what? You look like an excellent candidate. We would love to hire you. Oh, I see you made $78,000 at your last job. We're actually starting salary at $138,000. So like, you probably like that. And of course you're like, you know, like six to midnight, you're like, what? You know, like, yes, let's roll, baby. And then they're like, yeah, we just need to um, measure your competency. So download this quiz and run it. Well, unfortunately, you download it and there is the quiz1.exe, which you want to um, run. And it drops a uh, DLL dropper on the side and then nickel loader, which I've never heard of. Kind of sounds like Nickelodeon, but. Anyways, you infect your machine and you're totally all on board about it because you're thinking you're going to get a job. So what I would say is, you know, and by the way, here's another tricky thing. If you work somewhere, right, th think about your end users for a second, okay? Think about your end users for just a second. If you've ever worked at a job and you're trying to find a new job because you're worried you're going to get laid off, your boss is a peckerhead. Like whatever you hate your commute, like whatever your reason is, you aren't like standing on your desk and being like, I'm looking for a new job. You're not in the break room heating up a Tina's burrito being like, hey, what's up, Tom? Good to see you. No, me. What's new? Ah, I'm trying like hell to get a new job. No one's saying that. Okay. So when you're downloading this crap, you're not sharing or disclosing it's not insider threat but no one is sharing it so if you down if, if if an end user downloads this onto their work machine because they're trying to multitask your your network's going to get infected and they're not going to tell you that something weird's happened so you've got to be extra vigilant you might even go as far as to share this with your end user community hey we you know we love having you work here uh friends and family but just be aware that Threat actors are doing this and they're targeting a vulnerable population that will absolutely unzip and install everything that has to do with this. And if I had to guess, this actual quiz is a real executable that does something that looks believable. That way you don't tip off the victim um, into thinking something is awry. So just be mindful of that. Um, North Korea has been doing this for a while. North Korea has been doing this for a while. Um, so it, it's just part of their MO.
SharePoint server vulnerability now available on GitHub. A critical authentication bypass vulnerability in Microsoft SharePoint Server has now proof of concept code available on GitHub. The flaw, tracked as CVE 2023-29357, allows for administrator privileges in a low-complexity attack. Microsoft patched the vulnerability in June, but in late September, a researcher from Star Labs published a technical analysis after having won $100,000 demonstrating the technique at the March 2023 Own to Own contest in Vancouver. A Yara rule has been made available to help security people analyze logs for signs of potential exploitation. All right. I just want to make sure if this is SharePoint on-prem... Yeah, okay. So, oh, God. All right, so there's a couple things here. There's actually a lot to unpack here. What are we doing on time? Holy crap, I'm way behind on time. All right, so I'm going to do the um, the TLDR expeditious version. If you're running SharePoint server on-premise, be aware of this and definitely patch your stuff. If you're running SharePoint server on-premise, you may want to look at migrating up to Office 365. Let's be real. There's a higher chance than not that your business is on Office 365. Move it up there. Three, everybody's share, SharePoint server is a hot mess. Lots of abandoned files. Lots of like, you know, trash everywhere. You could probably shut down SharePoint and see if anyone cries or complains. Okay. And then finally, auth bypass. <clears throat> the problem here is that if they're able to do an authentication bypass, I, again, I didn't research the story, but there is potential for them to get on the operating system of the hosting server of the SharePoint. Once they're in there, they're in your IT infrastructure and they're going to start moving laterally. Also, admins typically administer uh, Microsoft servers, which would mean your, your creds are probably cached on the machine. You can dump those creds using a host of techniques. You're owned. You definitely don't want to be uh, susceptible to this. The, um, the, the patch came out in June. Like, come on. If you're running, if you're running Microsoft services on-prem, like... You know, this is part of the problem of like running them on prem. You have to manage them like this. Okay. All right. Let's keep going because um, of the time. And now a word from our sponsor, Conveyor. Does the thought of answering another security questionnaire make you want to beat the stuffing out of 32 pinatas? Then you might want to check out Conveyor, the AI security review platform helping InfoSec and sales teams attack security questionnaires from all angles. Reduce incoming questionnaires by sharing a trust portal with customers. And for those questionnaires you do get, use our AI questionnaire completion tool to auto-generate precise answers to entire questionnaires in seconds. Lucid tried a free one-week proof of concept and reduced time spent on questionnaires by 91%. You can learn more at www.conveyor.com. That's www.conveyor.com. All right. Hey, first timers, we do this every mid-roll too. Again, I know the audio is low for some reason. We'll get that sorted out afterwards. Guys, we might have a new record today. Nope. It's down to 383. The number in the top right over the chat is how many people are live with us right now. The record, all-time record is 388 people. We were just at 387 for a moment. Maybe we'll get over it. I don't know. But today could be a record-breaking day. Uh, if you're over on LinkedIn, uh, I think it counts. So uh, going over to YouTube wouldn't matter. But up, um, oh, we're at 388 now. So we've tied the record. Tell a friend to get their butt over here. Stick their head in. We're trying to fill like a telephone booth, 1960s style. 
Guys, I want to say thank you to all of you, all 388 of you that are here right now. Thank you all so very much. Bearing with me with the audio issues, being here every day, showing up, putting in the work, supporting each other. Absolutely love it. If you get a hot second, hit the like button. It goes a long way to actually telling other people, other first timers. We have at least three first timers here in chat right now. And the reason that they know about it is because of people like you hitting that like button. Chrissy K for her one month uh, anniversary says, thank you, Dr. Gerald Ozier for your support and contribution to the development of cyber pros. Welcome first timers. Hope to connect. Thank you. Guys, I want to really quickly say thanks to the uh, stream sponsor, Anti-Siphon Training. Anti-Siphon Training is here to disrupt the traditional training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, regardless of their financial position. Guys, they have courses that are pay-what-you-can that are taught by really accomplished industry professionals. This isn't a trick. This is what they do. Go to the link in the description below. Go to training. Go to pay-what-you-can training. And I believe right now, if you look at their upcoming schedule, if I'm not mistaken, is today the second? Tomorrow from noon to 4 p.m., tomorrow from noon to 4 p.m., you can literally take an introduction to PCI course, add that to your resume. Migdalia, I know you're looking at it. Guys, you can do this for free if you want. Invest in yourself. Sillies is here because of Jesse. Hey, you know what? Jesse's a good man. All right, guys, get that get that anti-siphon training. Get that PCI training. All right. I uh, want to quickly do the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, guys. If you are looking to supercharge your LinkedIn feed and grow a meaningful network on LinkedIn for free, this is a community initiative, not a ruse, check out the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Here's what's going to happen. Emily Green is in chat right now. Emily Green has the baton. Emily Green is going to tag somebody in chat right now with the baton. Everybody else, this is how you get involved and take advantage of this. Go on LinkedIn, step one. Step two, search for this hashtag, hashtag simply cyber community challenge. Once you find it, you'll see a bunch of posts. Connect with the person who's posting, connect with the people commenting on the posts, comment on the post. Connect to the people on the post. You're going to grow your network. Co uh, connect to the people in comments. They're all part of this community challenge, and it's awesome. Comment yourself. You'll be in the comment pool, and the next person is going to connect with you. When I tell you this, ask people in chat. This isn't a, a joke or a, a lie or some type of snake oil. In a couple weeks' time, your LinkedIn network is going to be amazing with supportive, inclusive cybersecurity people, and your LinkedIn feed is actually going to have meaningful, valuable information in it. Ask anyone here. It's legit. Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Let me know who Emily Green tags. 389 people. iPhone 50. Yes. It's too bad. It's too bad the audio, the sound effects are low because I would lose my mind. But we are at 395. Holy crap. We might bust 400, guys. We might go full Super Saiyan. Hey, um, every day of the week has a special segment. Mondays is Callan's Art of the Week. This weekend, myself and the family actually flew. We had, we had some events we had to go to in Massachusetts. Uh, Callan was unable to uh, produce art. Um, so unfortunately, Callan's going to have to take a, a bow uh, this weekend. Please uh, grant him some grace. Definitely appreciate it. 
Uh, but, you know, on the regular, Callan's been delivering the art of the week for over a year. So uh, I think a day off isn't that bad. Andrea Dogaru, if you're ready to take it up, let's rock and roll. Let's get back into the news, y'all. Dean overheating issues explained. <laughs> A bug in the iOS 17 software is one of the causes of excessive warmth in the iPhone 15, which Apple attributes to increased background activity after setting up or restoring the device. All right, hold on one second. Sherry said that she's watching with her grandson. Hey, Sherry. Hey, grandson. Plus one. Yeah, I mean, on, on the actual count, we only count how many people are logged in. I will tell you, I know that there's people who like, there's information security offices, like a team of seven that sit in a conference room and watch the daily cyber threat briefing every day. So our numbers are much higher, but just we, we go by the count because it's the only way we can do this somewhat officially. An upcoming update will resolve this issue, the company says. However, it also points to certain third-party products, including the Asphalt 9 game, the Instagram app, and the Uber app as overloading the system. Instagram updated their app to fix this issue on September 29th. Apple has confirmed that this overwarming does not pose a safety risk, nor will it affect the phone's long-term performance. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Apple iPhones, definitely, um, you know, people write software that can maximize the utility of all the capabilities of the phone. Get ready. Sit down. I'm going to make this one a quick one. Get your tinfoil hats on, everybody. Here's what I think happens, okay? I have been an iPhone user for a decade or more, okay? Do you want to know a trend I've noticed? You may have seen all of these freaking commercials about the new iPhone coming out like this month or it just came out. Titanium, ooh. Like I didn't know anyone was complaining about their iPhone being crushed anyways. It's when the screen hits a rock, not when the side of the phone hits something. But th push that aside. We got the new titanium iPhone 15 or whatever. So this is causing issues. I think that there is a bigger issue here. Obviously, um, there was some, it's, it's some software issue that they're going to do. But what I want to point out is that I have noticed whenever a new iPhone is coming out, all of a sudden, there's massive downloads. There's massive, um, you know, performance things. Have you ever noticed that? Like, as soon as there's a new iPhone coming out, like clockwork, you're, the people, the poor people who are using iPhone 13s, they're like, hey, my phone's slow now. Hey, my phone, like the bandwidth sucks. Hey, my battery sucks. Like, have you ever noticed that? Like, it just seems to magically time with the rollout of new iPhones. Seriously. Anyways, if you bought a new iPhone 15 and it's overheating, uh, you're probably uber pissed because you spent $1,000 on the phone. Looks like it's just some apps that weren't optimized, uh, including Instagram and Uber, which are very popular apps, obviously. And then Asphalt 9, which I assume is some type of racing game. They'll get fixed and sorted out. This won't be an issue for anything. The bigger issue to me is that um, it always seems like there's a, everybody's got a million issues uh, and it's like, oh, well, it's a brand new iPhone. That could solve your problem. It's, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. All right, let's keep going because of time. Xenomorph malware returns to banks in Europe and North America. Threat Fabric first alerted the world <laughs> to Xenomorph in February 2022 when it was lurking in the Google Play Store. 
Now, the fraud prevention program says that the banking Trojan is improved, although still under development. It supports a new automated transfer system that can apparently target more than 400 banks in Western Europe, the US and Canada. And according to the report published by Threat Fabric, quote, Xenomorph is now able to completely automate the whole fraud chain from infection to funds exfiltration, making it one of the most advanced and dangerous Android malware Trojans in circulation, end quote. There you so, go. There you go, Carrie. Carrie said he's only ever had an Android phone, no iPhone. Watch out for the Xenomorph then. Um, all right. So I guess... This is mostly targeting. It can target over 400 banks and it supports like basically the entire. What's interesting is this thing is the entire kill chain of basically robbing you. And the fact that it can target 400 banks means that like just because you bank at like Northampton Credit Union doesn't mean that you're safe necessarily. They do say that it completely automates the kill chain, which makes me think of. Obviously, little uh, AI, little chat GPT action. Um, for me personally, uh, what I'm going to do is. There it is. To me, this is all about reading this threat fabric report. Um, guys, I'm a huge fan of security research. Um, I don't know if threat fabric is actually selling a solution. They probably are. Uh, whatever Xenomorph is doing, their solution probably helps defend against, which is why a lot of these security vendors invest in security research. But I would just be mindful of downloading um, apps onto your Android device that don't come from the Google Play Store. According to this, um, oh, this is on the Google Play Store. You could see the whole, the whole, hold on. You can see the whole fraud chain right here, which is pretty great, right? Google Play Store, uh, they get you with a dropper. Then they harvest your information. Then they do a overlay attack, which is basically a clear screen. So like you're tapping on stuff, but you're actually inter interacting with the threat actor's behavior. And then looks like it's got some multiple C2 instances for resiliency and stuff like that. There we go. So basically be careful. Because you could get robbed. Looks like Spain uh, and Italy are, you know, the most targeted. It's a good opportunity, guys. If your end users are using Android, if someone's like a diehard Android user, make them aware of this. Share it as an example. Everybody, dude, in, 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 in the modern world, money is a massive factor, right? If you take someone's money away, I don't care if they are an executive or they are an intern. If you take like people go to work for money, right? That's like what the deal is, right? Let's 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 call it what it is, right? It's not because of brand loyalty or because this is a family here, right? If you if you stop paying people, they're going to stop coming to work. So money is a huge driver for people. This story basically straight up steals your money. Like there's no there's no <laughs> There's no like roundabout way about it. Like this is about stealing money from people who run Android devices. So it's a great opportunity to resonate with people that are not typically IT or infosec people and 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 get their attention, okay? GPT is now up to date. 
OpenAI has confirmed that ChatGPT, which had originally been trained on information up to September 2021, is now fully up to date with access to current affairs and news. This feature will be made available to the public soon, along with its ability to have a voice conversation with users. And now, last... All right, so, you know, whatever, like, it, hey, ChatGPT, Bards on line one. Uh, <laughs> they said, like, way to keep up, Skipper, right? Like, so Bard's been able to do this for a while. Uh, ChatGPT is now in the game. ChatGPT making moves like a snake in the grass. You like so ChatGPT can now speak and listen. Um, it's just a matter of time before we stick it in like a body of Ultron and um, you know, see where that goes. Like I almost relate this to Jarvis now. And then if you're a fan of the Avengers franchise, um basically Jarvis kind of got forked and then um Ultron was born and then Ultron stuck himself in one of the Iron Man bodies. It's just, literally, I'm telling you what, guys. If Microsoft and Boston Dynamics get together, it's going to be scary as heck. Because if one of those Boston Dynamic like dogs or the robot things that can do the flips and run like crap um, gets a chat GPT brain, it's, we're, we're done. We're done. We're done. So anyways, um, if you use chat GPT like many of us do, um, one of chat GPT's deficiencies is that it, it was only up to date on 2021. Um, now it's, you know, it, it, it pulls regular information. So just important though, again, you should be educating your end users on best practices, not sticking IP into chat GPT, being mindful that chat GPT can hallucinate, etc. Chat GPT is just based on information. It's learning on models based on the internet. So in a lot, uh, mostly, uh, us based internet. So a lot of, I don't know. <laughs> If you want an interesting exercise, have ChatGPT complete um, blank sentences, but then change uh, the noun of the sentence. Like this, um, you know, like, like I don't know, like uh, for like police arrived on the scene to see this person, then they blank, and then change what this person is, and watch the responses come out from ChatGPT. It's it's uh, interesting. So. Ooh, ChatGPT and Bard with a rap battle. We just become best friends. Yep. Thanks, Emmanuel. I do love that uh, super chat. And I agree, that would be cool. So anyways, keep an eye on this. ChatGPT, uh, I think Kimberly said it went one step closer to T1000. Absolutely. When we when we start giving it, um, here's the thing. We're try like There's no reason for it to be humanized. There's no reason for it to speak or hear. But it's easier for humans to adopt, integrate, and treat. Once it gets speaking and hearing, once it, guys, I'm telling you right now, uh, speculative hot take, they're going to stick it in a chassis pretty soon. It's going to have a body soon, whether it's, you know, an upper body and tank treads for lower body, whether it's like a little, it's probably going to be in a human form. So it's more palatable to uh, human beings. But once we got that, you know, like it's, it's a slippery slope uh, at that point. All right, let's keep going. Speak in ransomware. A busy week last week saw Johnson Controls get attacked by Dark Angels ransomware with up to 27 terabytes of data being stolen. Klopp's Move It data theft campaign went after the National Student Clearinghouse, affecting 890 schools, as well as the Ontario Child Registry, which impacts 3.4 million people, including patients at the world-renowned Hospital for Sick Children. 
The ransomware hackers who hit Sony also hit NTT Tacomo, and as mentioned earlier, the car audio company Clarion was hit by Alf V Black Cat. Finally, all right. So ransomware roundup. Um, we do this every Monday. Bunch of different ransomware stories. As I always say, find the story in here that most resonates with either your industry, your client space. Um you know, like your demographic, your your country, like whatever. Find, there's enough in here for you to find something that resonates with you and be able to do something with it, whether it's educate the business, educate the end users, um, file it away so you can have statistical information, whatever it is. Guys, whether we're talking Scattered Spider or we're talking Black Cat Ransom Gang. Earlier today, when I mentioned how like Black Cat hasn't typically taunted their end users or their victims, it's more for lapsus and scattered spider like that's the type of information i'm talking about ransomware i said it before you're not supposed to be protecting from certain threat actors typically you want to get the foundational controls in place dark angels love this uh ai generated graphic um kind of creepy it's like this weird dark angel looking guy walking down or woman walking through a uh pretty wide server farm uh data center just want to point out this thing doesn't look like it's air conditioned properly. So they're probably going to have some overheating issues. Uh, you know, it is spaced far enough apart. So maybe that is how they breathe. Really quick, Lazaro have a phone interview with talent acquisition later today for a huge supply chain for a heavily GRC role. Feeling confident after a mock interview. First of all, congratulations. That's awesome, Lazaro. Second of all, thanks for the squad membership. Third of all, thanks for the super chat. Did we just and fourth of all, straight crush it, man. GRC rules rule. And you got it. Believe me, you got it. And just absolutely crush it. Hope to hear back on some great news from you, uh, Lazaro. Be well. Uh, you know, have some water. Breathe. You got this. Absolutely crush it. Guys, it is 9 o'clock. Let me see what's up. It's nine o'clock. If you were here just for the news, I appreciate you being here. We set a new record, 395 of us today. Hold on, 395. I mean, I got a special sounder for that. Ric Flair, woo! All right, I'll get the sound effects. I'll get the sound effects straightened out for all of you, but uh, definitely appreciate you being here today. I hope you guys go forth and crush it. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Don't forget, the newsletter was sent out this morning, so if you didn't get it, check your spam folder. Uh, the, the newsletter goes out every single Monday. Nice, very cool. Jesse Johnson straight crush it. Sharice Lamb straight crush it. Dream Logic straight crush it. Sherry and her grandson straight crush it. You guys want to do some um, jaw jacking? I got a few minutes. I got a few minutes. I would love to get clearance to show you this picture of me and my wife from this party we went to. Uh, it's my new wallpaper on my phone. I always clear it with her uh, first. She typically says no, but she's beautiful woman. Um, you guys, let's do some let's do some jaw jacking. All right, do me a favor, guys. Chill for one second. If you're new here, what we do is the news for an hour, and then we pivot on Monday, Wednesday, Friday for just a little bit, and do some jaw jacking. All right, so check it out real quick. All right, guys, let's do some jaw jacking. I will see you in a hot minute.
All right, everybody. Welcome to Jaw Jacking. I am your host, Jerry Guy, a.k.a. Gerald Dozier, Dr. Gerald Dozier. Um, just spending a few minutes kicking in with you guys for a hot minute. Uh, Zero Fox. That's right. Tony Roy picked this up at Black Hat 2022, I think. Zero Fox given. Good people over there. Cool, cool outfit. I like what they're doing. Ismar Diaz, what's the best way to know someone's cut out for offensive security? And I know you can do hack the box, but is there is there a point someone can reasonably decide they aren't made for it? No, I mean I think I think like anything else, like you can you can grind, you can push, you can do it. I just think I don't know. It, it, it's it, there's no test, Ismar. There's no like oh like you know if you do this you're in, if you're not you're out. What I will say is, um, again, this is not a 100% solution, but what I have found is many people that are quite successful at information security, offensive security practices, typically uh, as a kid would disassemble things to understand how they work and then reassemble them. Um, Again, that's not a complete bellwether on whether or not you're cut out for it. But that is a consistent, like if anyone in chat is a offensive security pro, like uh, Leonardo is an offensive security person. I'd be curious if Leonardo took things apart as a kid and did it. But, um, you know, I, like I myself love offensive security. It feels, dude, nothing feels more gratifying than catching a reverse shell. But I just know I suck at it. So, you know, I guess, sorry, Ismar, I don't have like a, a, a quiz you can take that'll tell you. Um, why aren't routes originating from North Korea being blocked by major ISP providers? Uh, well, so TJ Prime, you can't. All right, so a couple of things. One, I don't know if. So you're saying basically like black hole North Korea. You can't assume that all North Korean IP traffic is the North Korean government, although they probably have a firewall all data routes through. So if you were to black hole the, you know, North Korean. Uh, if there was anybody, any revolution, any type of effort to get information um, out of North Korea or get information into North Korea to p- pierce the veil of the reality that's been pitched, you would basically kneecap that whole thing and you would further embolden North Korea to, to define what reality is for the citizens in North Korea. So I think that that's part of the reason. Uh, Jose Alfredo, are you doing World of Haiku later today? No. So World of Haiku is every other Monday. I did it last Monday. It will be next Monday. Um, I'm doing it every other Monday through the end of 23 as of right now. I no longer work at um, Haiku, but I uh, work with them. And the relationship that we've defined is that I will do it every other Monday. So that's what's up. Uh, Chad Green asking if I'm in the shed yet. Nope, very close. Um, We've had a lot of travel lately. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I had to travel to Illinois. Uh, my family took a vacation recently, which was awesome. Uh, we had a uh, we had a milestone event for a close family friend uh, this week, so we had to fly uh, somewhere this week. So it's just it's you know Chad, it's really busy right now, uh, but we are moving forward with the uh, the shed. I will tell you, uh, I'm super excited. Uh, I've been thinking about. So this is this is what jawjacking is all about, okay? So I've been thinking about how I'm going to deliver the daily cyber threat briefing, and I bought some new hardware, okay? Because the shed's gonna allow for bigger studios and stuff, and I think I'm going to try 
I'm going to try a new format, visual format for the daily cyber threat briefing. Okay. And this is, this is inside insider Intel. So you know how like on the um, threat briefing, I'm like in my own little panel over here. And then like the news is here. And it always annoys me that like the webs, the websites don't really cut in well and all this other crap. The shed is going to have a huge TV in it. Okay. What I'm thinking of doing is having like one big panel. So like chat, chat will be over here. Like it always is. Okay. Chats over here. Like it always is. But then there's just going to be like one big panel and it's going to be like me standing in front of like a podium or like a news desk kind of thing. And then the TV's right here and my, I'm pro I'm hooked into the TV. And then it's just like one big scene instead of like shared, you know, shared uh, pictures and stuff like that. And I'll have a, um, I'll have a hotkey swap that can bring up just the TV feed. So then if I need to zoom in on an infograph, Ooh, infograph. So, um, just stay tuned. I've got some big ideas when we get into the shed. I'm super excited. All right. Carrie, Jerry, I ran into a massive speed bump with cyber training with Coursera with SQL. Is SQL used a lot? If so, I will have to find more resources now into the assets and threats. Okay. Here's the deal, Carrie. SQL is valuable to learn. Okay. I would not, you don't need to know how to like optimize SQL queries. You don't need to know really the difference between like SQL and TSQL, which is like the Microsoft language. You don't have to get into like, you know, you just need to know conceptually how a database works, right? SQL, uh, select star from where. Um, you have to understand how databases are. You need to understand that a SQL query gets built based on inputs from an end user using like, based on what an end user puts in the form fields, a SQL query will get built and then executed against the database. You need to understand what that workflow looks like. You do not need to get down into the weeds about database administration, about building uh, optimized queries. You really don't even need to fully understand how to make a normalized database. What you do need to know is how database tables are, what relationships look like and stuff like that. Also, <coughs> also <clears throat> worth noting, I had to do this for myself, Carrie, maybe like three years ago, I bought a book. I can go get it. If people want to see it, my library is around the corner. Relational database systems, RDBMS, was the format of database structure forever, okay? Now, they have what they call NoSQL databases. And I didn't know what NoSQL databases are, but like Twitter, Instagram, all social media, probably Amazon, like Facebook, they all run on NoSQL databases because they're faster. There's way more data from a from a performance perspective from an optimization perspective you can't really run it on a traditional um rdbms type postgres you need to run it on more of a json based um database okay so i got a book called seven databases in seven weeks i read it 
it's just a great reference as far as if it, but like for you, anyone, Carrie or anyone, if you're working in industry and you want to stay kind of abreast of developing changes, right? Like say you've been in the industry 20 years and you're like, I understand databases. Well, guess what? Databases have changed just like on-prem has gone to cloud. So it would behoove you to understand what NoSQL databases means and what they look like. You don't need to be a DBA and figure that out. So, um, that's what I would say, Carrie. Like, just understand what's going on. You may even want to understand model view controller paradigm. Let me show you really quickly. <sighs> Come on, man. Model view controller. Okay. Again, you don't need to. Here's the thing. When you work in information security, you need to understand what these technologies are and how they work and stuff. You don't need to be able to develop a model view controller web application program. You don't need to be able to make a database schema that's optimized for performance. You just need to understand it. So when you see it, you get it. The model view controller shown here is a design pattern that is a fundamental design pattern in the world of software engineering. And it's this is basically a web application. This is what a web application is. I don't care if it's Amazon, Instagram, Reddit. I don't care. That's what this is. They're all this. This is a web application. The, the model is the database backend. The view is what users see. And the controller is the thing that translates the user experience and inputs and outputs into the database to pull data down, which then updates your view. Okay? All right. I broke my running watch this weekend. I was so mad. All right. Keeping going here. Silent Hawk. Not sure if you mentioned this earlier, but Huntress is beginning a daily CTF challenge for the month of October, starting this morning. Uh, I did not mention that. I did message, I did DM John Hammond and asked him. I said, hey, dude, if there's any way for uh, me or Simply Cyber to get involved, let me know. Uh, he said definitely. I think he's wicked busy, though. Let me. Uh, I just want to see if he messaged me back. Give me a second. I mean, I'm fine just doing it. Yeah. Okay. I don't see him from John right now. Let's take a look at it, though. I know him and Matt Kiley are, are working on it. Um, Huntress. CTF. I'm sure it's a lot of fun. Here you go. October 2023 starts today at noon. Runs through Halloween. New challenges released. Every day. Yes. All right. So here we go. If you guys want to play along, Huntress CTF, let me know. I'll tell you what. Here's what I'm going to do. I am, that says Huntress, Java the Huntress. I'm incredibly busy trying to get client deliverables done. Like, I'm like gross busy. And I'm going to be gone again this weekend. It's, it's terrible how busy I am. But I will do some of these. Some, some of those. So giddy up on it. Maybe we can actually do something. Oh, thanks, Kimberly. Maybe we can do something as a community. Huh? I don't know. But Huntress CTF, get on it. I bet you it's a good time. What will the refresh rate be on the TV? Will we see lines based on HC? Probably. Probably, Jeffrey. I don't know. That's a good question. It is a it is a relatively new TV, so I don't know. So, 
I don't know. Joseph Michelle with a flex emoji. I love it. LVJ group says, what do you think about the ISC two C GRC cert for GRC position? Let's take a look. I will tell you this. I wish I had more time. I would create a GRC entry level certificate and it would be amazing. I just don't have time for it, unfortunately. All right, CGRC. I feel like I talked about this before on a on a on a um a stream. Uh let's see. Risk, whatever, security controls, implementing, auditing, authorization, continuous monitoring. All right. <clears throat> this certification is designed for basically, I mean, it's mapped to best practices, but look at this. This is basically designed for um, people who are going to work in um, the federal government or um, CMMC level two compliant organizations. Look at, come on now, look. Is this going to work? Look. Scope the information system. Mm -hmm. Select controls. Mm -hmm. Implement. Mm -hmm. Assess. Mm -hmm. Authorize. Like, literally, come on, man. What are we doing here? Authorize. Bloop. Continuous monitoring. What? Continuous monitoring. I mean, it's like literally right here. That's what this is. That's what this exam is. That's what this cert is, okay? I mean, if you wanted to go one step further, we can just basically do this, okay? That's what we're looking at here. There's a ton missing, okay? Risk assessment's not in here. Information security awareness isn't in here. Governance, policy, procedure, development's not in here. This is not a comprehensive exam or certification. This is mapped to NIST RF, RMF. I love NIST, don't get me wrong. Bro, but when I sniff this, I instantly sniff the gap, okay? Which, that actually sounds re really weird. Um, okay, so um, hopefully that answers your question. And nobody nobody snips the, uh, it smells like a gap or whatever I just said. Take care, Jenny Housley. Happy birthday, Eric Taylor. All right. All right, guys, I've got an A load of work to do. Uh, I'm sure many of you do too. I would love to keep the jaw jacking going, but um, today and tomorrow is, uh, I really got to hit it hard because Wednesday through Friday is going to be slightly more difficult to find work. Not find work, uh, to get work done. I don't need to find work. I've got work coming out my ears right now, which is ridiculous, but um Guys, I want to thank everybody. I want to remind everybody. Um, this is kind of a fun little, fun little thing. Uh, see if I can do this really quickly. Nope. Oh, well, I was gonna, I don't think the B-Sides Charleston website is up yet unfortunately or up to, oh my god bruh 
I have zero patience when it comes to uh, <laughs> when it comes to what the internet. All right, so I'm looking right now. Yeah, besides Charleston isn't up yet. Um, I'm keynoting besides Charleston uh, this year. So, um, anyways, thanks everybody. Be well. Congratulations, everyone, on the new record today. I'm gonna figure out how many we had. Um, actually, I wonder if I can do it right now, like live. Let's let me see if I can do this live with you. Hold on, maybe I can do this live. Um, yeah, three ninety-five. Look, check it out. So this is live. New record. All right, y'all. Thank you all so very much. Do a great, do great work today. Everybody go forth and crush it. I wish you all the very best. Be well. And we'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time for the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. My name's Jerry, your chat. Until next time, stay secure. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one. One.